podcast. I'm Dr. John Cook. I'm so glad you joined us today as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. This is part eight of lesson number 30 on the doctrine of eschatology, that is the doctrine of last things. In part eight of this study, we are going to see what the Bible says about the false prophet of the Antichrist, that is. Furthermore, we are going to see the 144,000 witnesses for the Messiah in the tribulation period. We'll get into our study right after this. John now sees another beast coming up out of the earth in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 11. Listen to what it says. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. This man is a false prophet. He tries to pass himself off as a lamb, but when he opens his mouth, he seemed to be of the devil himself. Now, some Bible teachers believe that Judas is resurrected at this time and is, in fact, the the Antichrist. And they go farther to say that the false prophet is also resurrected Balaam, who God resurrects for the purpose of serving the Antichrist as his prophet. Now, there's no way to prove that, but regardless of their identification by name, we can be certain, though, that the Antichrist and the false prophet are of the devil. This false prophet exercises the power of the Antichrist and causes the earth to worship the Antichrist. Look at Revelation chapter 13 and verse 12. Listen to what it says. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He is going to have power to imitate the prophets of God, much like the sorcerers in Egypt did in opposition to Moses. With this power, he will deceive the earth. Look at verses 14 and 15 of chapter 13. It says, And deceiveth them that dwelleth on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. Furthermore, he not only has power to do miracles, but he has the power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So God allows Satan the power to do miracles that he might deceive this world. If you want to live in deception, then God will let you live in deception. Verses 16 and 17 of chapter 13 says, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Verse 18 tells us that mark is the number of the beast. 
It says, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. And his number is six hundred, three score, and six. Notice, this number is the number of a man. What a time that will be. For unless a man takes this mark, he's going to starve to death or be slain because he refuses this mark. Some think that such a thing coming to pass is impossible. But just consider for a moment the world in which we live. You have to have a number to identify you from birth to death. It's called the Social Security number in the United States. As a child listening to my dad preach about this coming to pass, I couldn't imagine such a thing. But now I see a lot of things that I could not imagine as a child. For example, lining up to get out of a store after shopping, knowing that they are assuming that everybody is a shoplifter. <laughs> this is America where we are innocent until proven guilty. But no longer, now we're guilty until proven innocent. So for this to come to pass would not be a stretch. When we come to Revelation chapter 14, verses 1 through 5, we see the 144,000 appearing before the throne of God. Look at the scripture and listen to what it says. And I looked... And lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many waters, as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand, which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found, was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. The 144,000 are all witnesses for God in the tribulation. Every last one is an Israelite, male virgin, as we saw in Revelation chapter 7, verses 4 to 8. So here we hear them sing a song that only they can sing. That song is found in Revelation chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. Listen to what they say in this song. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all the nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. This is a special group of saints separated unto God and then rejoicing in God. Then we come to verse 6 of Revelation chapter 14, and John tells us, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth 
and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come, and worship Him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Notice that this angel is preaching what's called the everlasting gospel. This gospel requires of men that they fear God, give glory to Him. There is a difference in this gospel message and Paul's gospel of the grace of God. Paul speaks of my gospel in Romans chapter 2 and verse 16, and in Romans chapter 16 and verse 25, and in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. That's the gospel of the grace of God, which was given to Paul. The same gospel that we get saved by today, and the only gospel by which all must get saved by today. The everlasting gospel preached by this angel calls on men to fear God and give glory to Him. This doesn't agree with the gospel we preach today. For the gospel message we preach today is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of, of above five hundred brethren at once of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, Paul says, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. The gospel today is the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. That's the gospel by which we are saved today. And any other gospel is a false gospel and condemns men to hell. But in the tribulation period, Men will have to trust in God and endure to the end. Now, I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm repeating myself because God repeatedly tells us this. If they take the mark of the beast, then they lose, and there's no salvation for them. As my daddy preached and the preachers of my daddy's day preached, men in the tribulation must put their faith in God and stay true to God until the end, or they will lose their salvation. That's a big difference. Whether you like it or not, as I've said already, if you preach this message today, then you are guilty of preaching a false doctrine and condemning men to hell. Then John sees another angel and hears his message in verse 8. This angel says, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. This angel's message is of the fall of Babylon. God has dropped his judgment upon Babylon, just like he did on Sodom and Gomorrah. Babylon has suffered the justice of God. The scriptures warn us, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And so Babylon reaps the judgment of God 
for their persecution of God's people and their rejection of the Savior. John then sees a third angel in Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 through 11. Listen to what that angel says. Says with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without measure into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. God is a just God. He believes in justice and holiness. Man has sinned against the eternal God. And man without Christ is going to have to pay the eternal price of eternity in hell and the lake of fire. Men are warned by this angel not to follow Antichrist, nor receive his mark, or hell is their certain destiny. This message is a certainty to befall all that reject God's revelation. Now look at verse 12 of chapter 14. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. This says that this message of certain judgment on the wicked of the tribulation period is that which keeps the saints in the tribulation going for God. The encouragement is to know that it is going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it all when they see Jesus. Whether men believe it or not, there is a hell to miss. Verse 13 of chapter 14, John hears a voice from heaven. That voice says, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. People that die in the tribulation have their works follow them. As a Christian, our works go before us. And we will meet them at the judgment seat of Christ. After our works are tried, we've seen, at the judgment seat of Christ, then our judgment is over. All judgment is over. Tribulation saints appear to be judged at the great white throne. So in this part, part 8, we have seen the false prophet of the Antichrist revealed. We have considered that the Antichrist could be Judas resurrected and the false prophet could be resurrected Balaam. Whoever they are, they are pure evil. We have also looked at the everlasting gospel that should be preached by an angel from heaven during the tribulation, and how it differs from the gospel of the grace of God in this dispensation. Then we have seen finally in this lesson, what is to befall those that take the mark of the beast. Having seen all of this, let it be a warning to get saved and not go through the tribulation period.
Until our next lesson, God bless. Hey, this is John Cook again. I want to thank you for joining us in this video. And don't miss the next video in our continuing study on Systematic Theology 2. Hey, by the way, while you're here, why don't you click on that subscribe button and give us a thumbs up. You'll be notified immediately when the next one comes out. Appreciate it, and God bless.